as an industry professional, an author, or a business owner, do you feel that you have a great idea that others need to know about? And are you compelled to write a book? However, any author from any industry is increasingly discovering that it's more and more difficult to get your book idea on shelves for people to buy and consume. It is estimated that book publishers only entertain 1-2% to 2 of authors who want to get their book published, meaning that they only publish between 1 and 2 out of every 100 manuscripts that they receive on an annual basis. Malene Benton is an author and business strategist who wants to up the ante and assist teaching experts, teachers, public speakers, and other freedom seekers on how to write, publish, and market their books. She's also the editor of more than 30 non-fiction books, which on average have sold for more than five times their market value, while also achieving significant business growth for the book's author. Malene is a futurist at heart and as a business model innovator. She is determined to find new ways for authors to connect with their audiences while also strategically using their books to grow their business. And she joined me this week to tell me more. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. Yes, let me start by saying first that there are uh, there are several trends at play here. One is a more societal trend that um, in many ways people are fed up with uh, intermediaries making up all the rules. So for example, social media platforms set the rules for how we can engage with our uh, customers, our connections. Uh, Banks are setting rules for how we can transfer money and what should the cost be. And so there's like a societal movement that has been working on bringing, it's, the trend is called power back to the people. 
power to the people. So uh, eliminating a lot of these intermediaries is like more more like a a growing feeling that many many people have that things are not working as they should be. If we think about it, there are very few people in the world that are making the decisions for the majority of us in terms of politics, in terms of who are controlling companies and so forth. This is also the case in publishing. So in publishing, we have four big uh, publishers who are uh, in control of 80% of all book sales. And we have authors who are not paid the amount of money that they should be for their for being really the pre uh, the primary and most important part of a book project is the author right and the author is getting crumbles to be honest it, they are getting a very small piece of the in terms of book sales so there is a, a longer story to that that it's possible to create other income streams with a book but as an author uh, of a book Authors are getting very little, uh, a very small part of those uh, book sales. Another thing is that when I sell my book, I don't have, I don't get any customer data. So even though uh, the majority of books are sold online, the author will not get the customer information. And this means that I really have no way of reaching them directly and connecting with them. So it's a, you can say that on an emotional level, you can connect through the content with people. You can even provide some links to them and hope they will look you up on your website or on social media and connect there. But we have no direct link to our readers. And, and some of these problems can be solved by what is called web-free. That is really the next internet. So I want to explain a little bit from what this uh, more technical trend is. Web free is all about blockchain technology, and we don't need to understand how a blockchain works in order to be able to use what it can do for us in the same way that we don't understand what is happening or can uh, recreate a light bulb. Uh, so when I turn on the light, I don't exactly understand everything that happens. I just don't know that when I hit this switch, the light will turn on. <laughs> and the same way I know how to use the internet, but I don't know exactly the technicalities of how it's created. So we should think the same way about blockchain, that we don't need to understand exactly how it's created in order to be able to use it. So if we go back in time, Web 1 was back when the internet was created. So we could companies could create a website and we could read it. So it's a read-only time. Then we had Web 2, that is social media. This is where we as users have become creators of the content. We are the product. If Facebook doesn't have any users or if LinkedIn doesn't have any users or if any, any online platform doesn't have any users, it doesn't have a product. We are the product. And we are the creators of that product as well but we are not paid for that content that we are creating. We are not getting a share of the profits. In Web3, it's all about owning the internet. So it's read, write, and owning the internet. So as we are moving into Web3, and we are, very few people know it's still at an early adopters phase, but we are moving in there. And all of the biggest brands in, for example, 
the fashion industry, even shipping, finance, uh, gaming. I, I was almost say obviously <laughs> because they, they were first to be there. Uh, they are working on web-free uh, solutions now. So what is interesting for authors there is that when they create a book, they can transfer the ownership also of digital products to that to the buy, to the reader. And if the reader decides to resell it in a secondary market, which they can quite easily, the author will get paid again. So we are not only talking uh, self-publishing in terms of um, the way that self-publishing has become famous is for the print-on-demand solution that you don't need to print a whole lot of books and then get physical books distributed to the bookstores, but you can upload your book and when people buy your book, one book will be printed and sent. That's kind of an incremental innovation, an incremental small development of the publishing industry, but it's still built on exactly the same system, exactly the same channels as before. There's not a really disruptive innovation in that. But in Web3, we can completely eliminate a lot of these layers and become our own publishers and uh, have the benefit of a, a, a very different relationship with our readers because we will at any point in time be able to know who owns our books now even if it was resold once, twice, three times, four times, I will still be able to reach the person who is the owner of the NFT and continue to deliver value to that NFT. So an NFT book is really a new format of a book, but it can contain so much more than the book. People buy the book and they buy the NFT that is a book but they will be able to get a lot of other uh, benefits with that. So, for example, in my case, with my latest book, I have created like a package that when you buy this NFT, you get the book, but you also get a course that is called NFT for Authors, and you get some behind-the-scenes materials, and you get a whole lot of stuff. That's what you get now, but at any point of time in the future, I can choose to... Uh, keep that relationship with the reader and the NFT holder warm by keep adding value and dropping, it's called airdropping, more value into that NFT. So this is, this is something very different from just putting a book up on a website, even on an Amazon website, and, and somebody buys the book and hopefully I can only cross my fingers that they will connect with me somewhere else. Here, I will actually know who owned them. Yeah, and having that information, I'm curious to also ask you, do you think having the information will, will sort of uh, propel authors to write books to better suit the audience that is buying the book? So what I'm asking is, do you think it will help them leverage the profits <laughs> that they can uh, potentially make as well? Well, the, the, the truth is that very few authors become rich from selling books. And one reason is that they get a, short, a small cut of each book. But you also, if you think about it, even if you got a bigger cut of that, you should sell a lot of books mm -hmm. to become rich from that. 
So you want to, especially non-fiction authors, but also fiction authors. What I work with is not it's non-fiction. I work primarily with solopreneurs who are using a book to brand their business, to to create leads for other services, online courses, for getting speaking engagements. They are teaching something in their book that they also help their customers with in their business. And for those, uh, this is definitely an opportunity to uh, create more long-term relationships with their readers, but also to offer more than just a book. Uh, and and even, even you can use the NFTs to, you can offer an NFT. Uh, let's say I have, uh, let me back up a little. Let's say I have this passion project or a project, a mission I'm on in my business that I want to solve this problem. And I want to write a book about how to solve this problem, but I want funding and involvement, uh, even investment from the people who are going to be part of this this movement I want to create around this subject. Uh, so they can, I can sell NFTs, they can fund my projects. You can do this already on a, a crowdfunding website. Uh, so you can already do that in Web2. You can create a crowdfunding campaign and raise funds for a project. It's di- more difficult for books, but you can do that. Uh, but what's different here is that when you do it as NFTs, I'm giving them ownership to the project. So I can create, I can uh, make it part of that ownership that they can get part of the revenues that are coming in later. So they can have real investor monetary ownership as well to the project. This is some of the things that we are going to be able to do with NFTs. So, yeah. And just for a minute, for anyone that's listening or watching this, I wonder if you could define what an NFT is for those that may not know. Yeah. An NFT means non-fungible token. And it's... a it it can it can easily become a little bit um, technical to explain what it is, but if you imagine that the uh, the blockchain technology is really that the internet is not centralized information on a few big servers, it's on many 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 servers. It's distributed uh, over uh, and and con- every time you add something to the internet, when you add something to the blockchain. A lot of of computers will then confirm that this block is owned by this person. So when we, you can say when you sell an NFT, you set things in stone. It's a registered on the blockchain that this person owns this NFT. And this information will follow the holder of the blockchain, even of the NFT. If they sell it to someone else, I will still be able to see because a blockchain is transparent, I will be able to see who owns all of these NFTs. So it's like a, an, a, a registered ownership of something. So let's talk a little bit about what, what that something can be. The visible, usually as a visible part, like a, a, an image, a video, a QR code, people call it the digital art of the NFT. And unfortunately, many of the stories we have been able to read about the past year and a half is about selling those images as collections that people can invest in, hoping that the price will go up as the demand goes up. But 
that's not the interesting part of it. It's not the image that's interesting. With that image comes a smart contract. So the smart contract is a piece of programming that can do stuff. So it, an NFT can do something. It can document ownership, for example, a copyright to a book. It can distribute royalties. It can give access and work as a, a, a token to, to open a gate. So that can be to open a membership on a website, for example. So you own a piece of you own a piece of the blockchain that gives you some rights that is defined by the creator. So I can define whatever I want in that contract. So maybe I will, with my book, give you a free access to my um, to a conference that I'm doing next year. Uh, but even if I then do one in five years, I can still figure out who owns these NFTs now. And I can give them a free ticket as well. Yeah, so this, you can accumulate more on your relationships than you can in Web two. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Maureen, I know that you are uh, the author of over thirty books. So I'm curious to ask you, in your opinion, what's the key to marketing a great book? Yeah, the. The number one thing is to start when you start writing your book. <laughs> so really the number one trick to book marketing is actually marketing it. 90% of people who are not selling books don't sell books because they're not actively marketing it. So I suggest that you put less focus on the book writing. It doesn't have to be that complicated, especially not if what you're writing is uh, what I'm talking about here are nonfiction books. If you're an expert in something or you're used to teaching a subject and you want to write a book about that same subject, this is organized knowledge. You have many, many times before explained the exact same topic. So writing a book on that, that topic, it's more like a mental barrier than it is a practical one. It's not difficult to write 200 pages of words. It's knowing which book will serve your business and how do you move the reader's minds from A to C and C here being the point where they're ready to buy your services and go into that uh, transformation that they might be looking for when they're buying the book. So if it's a book about mental health or something, maybe it's because people uh, have some problem that they expect this book to solve. And they also know that a book is going to be part of it. They will need to do some actual work, but maybe they need to be prepared, know a few more things before they are ready to make a decision to do whatever it is they want to do in their life. And the book can help closing that gap. Um, I think I, maybe I lost my uh, track of thoughts there. You said about the... What were you, was your question again? <laughs> yeah, the, the question was, like, what, are your, what are your keys uh, to marketing? The mar uh, the marketing a strategies. A yeah. book, yeah, and I think you answered that. And I, I'm curious to ask you about the new book you're working on and what it's all about. Yeah, it's, it is actually both. It's about putting your book into that bigger perspective of what your business is actually about. So uh, when 
do you want to build a community around your book? Are you on a mission to solve something? What is the actual purpose of your book? So it helps you uh, lay out a strategy using web-free, these new technologies. How can they help you in terms of um, doing something different in the market? So it explains, it has a few parts. It explains what are these trends that has led to where we are? Why do I think we will have, we will see a big disruption in the book publishing industry? Right now, we are seeing new services popping up every week, but there are still few of them. And it's still, we're still in an early adopters phase. So it's not, and it's not driven by the book publishing industry. It's driven by tech companies. Uh, so that's interesting. Then we're moving into how will this change what what authorship looks like. I'm talking about a what, how you can instead of thinking about creating one script and putting that into really the same four different formats, but with the same content, you're creating a hardback, a paperback, an ebook, an audiobook, all from the same script. How will this help you create? Uh, look at your book as a product in a different way. So what are these new formats that you can actually choose? Um, so for example, uh, buying a first edition of a book used to be something special, but it's not interesting anymore because the big publishers are not making money on smaller prints. <laughs> they need the volume in order to make money. So nobody is creating first editions anymore in a, in a limited number. But in a web free, you might have 10,000 followers and you have only 10 copies of your book. So if they are true fans of yours, they, they might be willing to pay a higher amount to get access to that book. And NFTs can help control that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so whether, whether your strategy is to that you want people to buy an NFT to sell it again so that every time it's sold, you keep getting revenue for that book. So you would have as an author the interest of driving the value up, keep adding value to drive the value up. Maybe that's your strategy. Maybe your strategy is to have as many people as bought as possible on your project. And the NFT is a part of uh, having them invest in your product. So the book outlines how an author can use these strategies. Uh, to, to uh, so it's more on a strategic level, but it, it's actually taken down into uh, it, there's a not a template, but there's a kind of a checklist with some steps. Define what is, what kind of audience do you have? What is their mentality? And then from there, what would a, a viable book strategy look like using Web three uh, from that? So I'm kind of we start. Big, but then we take it down into practicalities. <laughs> I got it. What's the book called? It's called Next Gen Author. And it's about how trend-setting creators can use web-free and artificial intelligence to redefine what uh, authorship is all about. You got it. And I know that you uh, describe yourself as a futurist at heart and a Business innovator, and why are those two things so important to you? And why are you on this mission to help authors sort of redefine the way they uh, uh, sort of 
target their audience? I'm curious. Well, you can say when you when you want to publish a book, you are up against a, a, or you have to tap into the book publishing industry. And as mentioned, it's super mature. It's hundreds of years old, and really not much has changed. Uh, it's it's very small innovations that has happened there, and it's it's difficult. It's it's a it's not difficult to write a book. The struggle is to tap into that system and sell books using that system. So what I wanted to do, what I'm always on the lookout for, are more creative ways of standing out as an author of doing something different because different sells. <laughs> so when you do something different, you, you can, uh, you can shine in your own way in the market. So when I say I'm a futurist at heart, it's because I'm always on the lookout. I, my background is business innovation and business strategy. I'm not a journalist as many other or, or professional writer as many other book coaches are. I am good at writing books. But I, but it, I have 20 years of uh, experience as a, a business model innovator uh, and a marketing strategist. And I'm passionate about finding ways that make people publish a book because it's fun. Uh, so I want to take that seriousness out of it that's quite often connected to, um, to wanting to publish a book. People get... Uh, overwhelmed by their own emotions. It's not really difficult, but people get a little bit uh, like reverse starstruck, <laughs> imposter syndrome. Uh, they they uh, they have this perception that it's gonna be difficult, and I want to make it fun instead. So when when things are new and interesting and and trendy and and more creative ways of doing things people get more passionate about it and they put more focus into it instead of uh, teaching what most other people are teaching. It's like, this is how you get on podcasts. This is how you use book bloggers. This is how you get it on BookBob. This is how you get it. Those are classical marketing strategies for a book. You can look them up on YouTube, <laughs> but I want to add the more, um, more like guerrilla marketing, like you're doing something more event-based or uh, more fun, something that can draw attention in new ways. Yeah, absolutely. And you also say that there are real advantages for authors that uh, self-publish their books. So I'm, I'm curious to ask you what those are. And you also tell me that uh, there are ways to sell a book in a crowded field. So I'm wondering if you could share those with me today. Yes. So it, books need to stand out in order to get attention. And and you doing, like I just mentioned, that just simply doing something different can help you stand out. There are also very specific ways of more te technical, um, almost technical ways of making sure that your book will stand out where it is presented. So instead of thinking about the whole marketplace and how is my book going to be number one, number one on all of Amazon, how can I make it be the most spoken about book in certain areas? And how can I make it be presented at the top in certain categories or for certain keywords on Amazon? So really a, 
a way to make your book stand out is niching down. So instead of it's quite often authors say to me that my book is for this segment and this segment and this segment, or they simply say it's for everyone, everybody. <laughs> this is relevant for everyone. But when you do that, you're also competing with everyone. So what you want to do is to narrow down and niche down and be very specific and talk very specifically to one segment. And when you are narrowing that down, there's also a much higher probability that they're not only going to invest in your book, they're also going to want to know what else you have to offer. Um, so for example, maybe I have an online course or I, I, I offer to do public speaking or I have a podcast or so. Yeah, absolutely. And Robert, tell me, what's the key to writing a book faster without uh, compromising its quality? Yeah, a good question because what many people are concerned about is that it will take years to write a book and I don't have all of that time to write a book. And I can tell you that I write books that become number one on Amazon and that sells five times the market average uh, in a very short amount of time. So my recent book, I started writing August 1st. I even made it a transparent process that people could follow. And it took 35 days until I had an edited complete script. And then I had uh, used two weeks for the design phase. So it really in less than seven weeks, I did all of that from nothing, even in a visionary field about something that I needed to think through. I had not been teaching this because before because it was an, an innovative visionary space I was writing about. So I really needed to learn also in the process. I needed more people to review and, and uh, um, kind of ping pong with uh, experts to make sure I understood it correctly and that I pre I'm presenting uh, solutions that are viable for offers, but you could do that in less than, let's say two months. You can easily write a book in less than two months. And why would you want to do that if you're a solopreneur and, or you're a business owner and you're writing a book to support your business and to promote your business? Every hour that you're spending writing your book is an hour you're not billing to a customer. So no book project is worth two years of work. <laughs> that, that's a lot of hours that you're not pulling a customer. So we, we want a faster method. And the way you do that without compromising quality is that, um, yeah, usually if I'm, uh, excuse my language, but I usually say, if you know your shit <laughs> already, <laughs> right? If you know what you're talking about already, you're already teaching this stuff you're already doing public speaking in this on the same subject you have organized knowledge you do not need to be creative to write a book so that it's different if you're writing a novel you need to imagine places imagine personalities imagine a plot but when you are writing a non-fiction book to teach someone something so they will come to your business and buy something else. This is based on knowledge you already have. So what we want is to get it out of your head as quickly as possible and into something that you or somebody else can edit. And the way that we do that is that we separate decision-making from producing text. So when you, before you start writing a single word, 
I create a disposition that is maybe 15 or 20 pages long with all decisions made about what's going into this chapter. What is the chapter going to be called? What are my key learning points? If I'm using an example, which example? Everything is decided beforehand. When that's ready, the right side of the brain has now created the task and defined the task for the left side of the brain. I'm I'm simplifying a lot here uh, for the purpose of understanding what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, but the left side of the brain is the one that is sequential. So once we have that well-defined, we have made all of the decisions, then we either write or even better, speak the book. Because we are already used to communicating this all the time. And with a few keywords, we can easily speak it. And that is around 20 times faster than writing a book. Uh, so so when, when we have it on audio, we can transcribe it using a machine. And then we can have someone edit it or we can edit it ourselves. This, pro this process can be done within two weeks. Easily, even some would even say within a weekend. I feel that's oh, that's overdoing it, but within a couple of weeks, yes, definitely possible. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because time is money, isn't it? Exactly, it is, and it yeah. it doesn't get better. It really doesn't get better from spending more time. It get it can get better if you're not a great writer. Having somebody editing it, it can probably get better, but usually it does not get better than you are already making money of communicating it this way. <laughs> so there's really no reason for being creative and trying to reinvent the wheel if you already invented it, right? Uh, yeah, you don't want to work uh, harder. You want to work smarter, right? Yes. And what happens is that when you drag it out forever, you need to start over every time. And that's not creating anything better. It's just cre it's just doing the same process again, uh, and and uh, um, also you you some people say you should just write five hundred words per day, and it will take you like months, and then you will be done with your script. But every time you need to uh, recall what did I say. A lot of other things has happened that is. Your mind is filled with what happened this week and what, what am I going to do next week? I prefer a short, intense time to get to that first full draft as quickly as possible. Then we can decide how much time we want to use on editing afterwards. But we will have a, a, what I call a first full draft that is 80% done uh, within the first few weeks. Then we can decide, will I outsource this to someone who can get it done quicker than I can? Or do I want to do it myself uh, and and then spend the t amount of time that I want because I already have the beginning, the middle, and the end. I have the entire script, but it's just a matter of uh, how much do I want to refine it. If you start writing on page one and you don't use this method, you might one month in be on page 75 and still no not know whether your book is 200 or 600 pages long. Uh, so you will very quickly start questioning yourself, start revising the structure, and you will be doing the same things over and over. Better to split up those processes. Decisions first, then producing text. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell me, how do you view the a future of book publishing within the next five to ten years? 
I think that those who are now the front runners who are starting to use what has happened is that blockchain has been around for 20 years and it and, and at least 15 years it has been a, a like used for commercial solutions so i see i've seen this since uh, 2010 i ha- i did a project on cryptocurrency back in 2010 and this is part of web3 as well it's also blockchain technology but then i heard nothing about it for about 15 years and now it's like it's like a surfacing and it's breaking through the surface with more commercial solutions. So what people are working on right now is to making it a a service that is targeted to specific segments like offers and that it has a user interface where I don't need to understand the technology. So that's what's happening right now. And there are new solutions presenting themselves every week. So a month ago, I was uh, choosing between two different options for my book. But two more have surfaced in this past month. So I need to look at all four of them before I decide which services am I going to use for publishing my book as an NFT. But the services are there already. So they are they are in the market. You can use it and you can publish your book as an NFT today. So they are there, but it's going to develop even further in five years I, everybody will be using NFTs. Everybody will have a digital wallet. Everybody will be on the blockchain, but nobody will have to understand that this is blockchain. Nobody will have to understand what is an NFT. It, it will be just part of how we work, just like we use our credit card without understanding what happens with the chip <laughs> when we when we when we hit <laughs> when when we put our credit card somewhere we don't need to understand how things happen we just know that when i do this i get my groceries or i get my gas <laughs> uh, so that's that's where we're heading that it's going to be uh, normalized it's going to be a, like mainstream solutions that everybody knows how to use without knowing the technology yeah, absolutely. You know, and my final question for you has to do with your own uh, personal and professional legacy and how you want that to be defined. How I, how I see my own uh, business develop? Uh, your personal and professional legacy. How do you want that to be defined? Uh, in, in five years, uh, I, well, I, I feel like I'm on a mission now. <laughs> <laughs> what what my purpose is really what what gets me going is to release everybody's potential. I love I love when people succeed and I kind of help them see a new way forward. And I just happen to do it via books. But what I love about that is that when I help authors do this in a better way, I also help them help more people in a better way. So I, I, I like that um, multiplied impact that that has. So I'm going to keep doing that. I have a membership for um, aspiring authors that includes uh, my entire How to Become an Author program. Uh, but it also includes how to use artificial intelligence, how to use Web3, how to, uh, a lot of marketing, obviously. Who knows, in the future, it might be also how to do a podcast or how to become a public speaker. There's room for more, I call them journeys, inside of my membership. Um, but but I, I, publishing a book 
is really part of a bigger dream. It's not just about the book. It's about a change in people's businesses. It's about reaching more people and have a bigger impact, even making more money. So uh, all of that is part of my membership. So I'm going to continue to develop that. I would love to help some of the publishers get on board with this as well, uh, because this is um, this is disruptive to book, book publishing. And I believe that publishers are going to have to redefine their role in the publishing industry, because honestly, they're not going to be necessary on in all of what they do right now. Uh, they're not going to be this uh, powerful force in the long term that's going to determine whether or not I can publish a book. Uh, this is already happening. Um, but I think that as any other mature industry, it's it's super difficult for them to uh, to start building a new world while also protecting the old business. That's a classical innovation dilemma. And I'd love to help them do do that also. Yeah, absolutely. And while they tell me if people want to get uh, connected with you, what's the best way they could get in contact with you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm Malene Benson on LinkedIn. So it's M-A-L-E-N-E. And then it's B-E-N-D-T-S-E-N. So I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and it's easy to connect with my there, me there. I, I always love to connect with people who are passionate about their book projects. And also uh, on goosebump.pop. And there are two things that uh, is interesting there. One is that uh, there's my book, Next Gen Author, is available on that website, goosebump.pop, like in publishing or where you go to get your beer. <laughs> uh, and uh, also uh, there's a free membership for uh, that's called Goosebump. So there's a paid part, but there's also a free section where a lot of interesting things are happening. There are free events, small tips all the time about, um, about how to become an author. So that could be a good place to start just to be kept in the loop uh, until that you are ready to actually start writing your own book. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Marlene, I have to thank you for a wide-ranging and comprehensive conversation about a book publishing, your work in the space, and Tom, on my behalf, it's most appreciated. And I want to thank you for being here today. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it.